0: This is the Epilogue Audio Experience.
1: Hey there, you're listening to the twenty fourth episode of the Passion People Podcast. This is your fortnightly dose of passion, motivation and inspiration and I am your host Naga. I am really happy you were able to join us to get an insight into the life of people who are following their passion and living their dreams or are on a path to doing that with or without a job. No matter what kind of a person you are or what stage of life you are in, I am sure you will have some tangible takeaways from our conversation. Having uh, seen a lot of comics and uh, having uh, witnessed the rise of comedy in India, I am really uh, excited and also very happy uh, to be in conversation with uh, Rupin Paul uh, here in the dialogue in Kaur Bangla. Rupin, thank you so much for making time for your busy schedule. For making it to the podcast uh you want to do like a quick intro for our listeners oh first of all oh, thanks for having me man i'm not really
0: i don't have a busy schedule really <laughs> it's just like it's not a busy schedule man but the thing is like people like if i put up a list of shows right like hey i'm doing these 10 shows like no one even asks how many minutes are you doing i can just be doing five minutes <laughs> That's <laughs> <It's> a <kill laughs> effort. it's not but uh dude i'm telling you comics have a lot of free time man it's unbelievable <laughs> like even a comic i'm telling you even a comic who's doing like 20 shows a month has an incredible amount of free time. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know where it is. <laughs> 20, yeah, So you you asked me to do an intro. Sorry, I messed up this first question itself. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, um, my name is Rupin Paul. I've been doing comedy. I'm a, I consider myself a stand-up comedian now-ish. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I like to do. And um, I'm currently doing uh, a couple of runs of my first solo show. It's
1: called Progressively Ugly. And I just finished one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it was a great show, that fantastic way to spend my saturday evening uh, so i need to thank you for that oh thank you man <laughs> thanks for coming yeah. but uh, do you want to like take us through uh, you know how, how you got started and uh, you know how how you got here uh,
0: how i got into
1: comedy like why i decided yeah. to go to comedy um, so the thing is i always want Maybe to kind of like turn the clock back
0: uh, okay <laughs> 18 years <laughs> so i think when i was 18 um, I, I saw a clip on YouTube. It was not Russell Peters, interestingly. Like, every, I think, huh. every, I think, your, was your first comedian, Russell Peters? George like Carlin,
1: Russell Peters.
0: George Carlin was your first comedian? Yeah. Now, my respect for you has like gone up a little bit too. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the first fact that you're a CEO is like, dude, I respect this guy already. Yeah. Now, George Carlin was like, oh, shit. George Carlin, then Russell Peters. So, now, now I know that you have, like, some taste. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I saw a clip of this guy called Omid Jalili. Okay, uh, and and I I never knew stand-up till then. I never knew the stand-up exists. Okay. Okay. I knew of this guy called Russell Peters. Like, I remember when I was uh, 16, some guy said, dude, can you get me tickets to Russell Peters? And I didn't know who Russell Peters was. Huh. Okay, I was 16 years. And he, he cut to, like, two years later. I just finished 12th, and I saw this clip on YouTube. I think YouTube had become really big when we were mm. about 18, uh, 2010-ish. Right? And um, I, I, saw, I saw this clip, and this guy was, like, it was not really funny, okay? He, it was funny, and yeah, that weird, like, comedy is, like, it's you're making people laugh but you're also making people like uncomfortable to some extent <laughs> okay? and it yes. was exactly that it was like i could feel like i remember he was doing this routine where he was calling mother teresa a bitch okay? So I was like <laughs> shit this is so offensive but it's making me so happy <laughs> and i always wanted to do i always wanted to stand up from that time okay oh. but, and and add to the fact right like i was when i grew up as a kid i was extremely shy like mm-hmm. even now even now i consider myself like a very shy person
1: okay so oh, like, so it's a, it's a very uh, Character contrast for you to be a comedian, right? Because no, now you're no, putting it's... yourself on stage and no, so, it's, it's weirdly, it's very,
0: it feels very normal to be like that. Wow. Because then you're like, people care about me when they're all listening to me. Ah, okay. So like, I, because I, I think as, you're a shy person, right? Uh, for some reason you feel like uh, insecure in comparison to the rest of the group. You're like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much because these people realize I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, and then you just stay really quiet. Yeah. And then suddenly while, while I was growing up, I realized I, 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 used to, I used to be that kid, you know, like imitating all the teachers, and uh-huh. making fun of everyone, make, imitating all my friends. Okay, and, and then I used to make everyone laugh. I was like, this feels really good. Okay, I think uh-huh. when I was 16, 17-ish, uh, like like my friends said, dude, you know, what what's the last day? I had to go and imitate all the teachers in front of the class. Okay? Uh-huh. And there was no way I could do it. I said, no, man. But finally, I said, I'm going to regret not doing this. So I went up and I was, and I imitated all the teachers and everyone was laughing. All right, and uh-huh. including the teachers themselves. And that was like, shit, I really like this feeling. Like, you know, doing this. And I really, and I, I, I felt like I was good at this. That's uh-huh. one thing I'm good at. And, uh, So when I was 18, like uh, when I was 18, I think I saw this clip and I realized I should do this at some point. Okay. And and also at that time, I realized that stand up was happening in Bangalore. Like people had started stand up. Yeah. But I always felt it would be really bad. I felt it would be like really horrible. I thought it would be like, you know, just like the music scene, dude. Like, I I don't know what, but I somehow don't like the Indian music scene to some extent, because I feel they're all trying. They're a little bit phony. (laughs) They're trying to not be themselves. They're not like themselves. So I thought it's going to be like a bunch of just dudes just talking in American accents. Making, you know, jokes like as though they're hypothetically in New York. Okay? Oh. I thought it'd be that. And then I went to this open mic and it was amazing. It was like calming, so like authentically Indian. Hmm. Do stand up and so funny. Yeah. And I, I thought, dude, these people are great. Like why didn't I do this earlier? And that was when I was 19. I still said, no, I don't have the guts to go up and just fail and all that. Okay, and okay. my life was, And I think my life was good also at that point because I was doing a course that I fairly liked. And <laughs> I had friends and I was very happy, but then when I was, I joined this course in masters. Okay. Which is really depressing. Like it, I, I couldn't get to college every day. Um, I it was, I hated the course. I hated the, the, just the system of just that one place. Right. And just being there, it was really depressing. My classmates were like really, um, they were nice people and all that. Okay. But you know. They were also really depressed about it. The fact that you you couldn't like you work Monday to Saturdays, okay, and you didn't have time off on Saturdays. They gave you more work. They gave you more assignments, and they thought that all of this is going to prepare you later in life. And I haven't seen where it's really prepared us for. And I wanted to quit. Okay, but my dad paid a lakh in twenty five. Okay, and it's it's so much pressure, right? Yeah, it's so much pressure. Because now you have to make you you have to make a parents. You you can't let down your parents for some reason. That's like one. I think in India we all have this problem. Like no, we we have. A, uh, fear of letting your parents down, and so you just have to just get through with it, even if yeah. you even though you don't like it. And if it's your one lakh twenty-five thousand, any day you'd be like, okay, fine. Yeah. It's your dad's one lakh twenty-five thousand money. Yeah. Like he's worked hard. Uh, yeah. Like you don't know how many sacrifices <laughs> he has made. You can't let him down. Even if you're depressed, right? You can't let him down. So I, I I took some time off. and I realized I don't want to go to college. Okay, And I don't want to cut on this course. And I was only in like I was only two two months in. I was <laughs> two only years two, course. No, it was three years, man. And all my friends were super depressed. All my classmates. Like every like I realised this everyone was having nightmares. Like they were going back home and they're just like having like shit. We had to show up to work. Like this is how bad it was at one point. Um our class was on the eighth floor, alright? And we had a we had a lab, uh, which was two blocks away, and we had to go from the eighth floor without a lift to the eighth floor in five minutes or else it would be marked as absent for the rest of the thing, the rest of the two hours. It was just constantly just just the thought of that yeah. that you had to do this six days in a week. It was just so depressing so i realized i had to i i took some time off and i realized i'll continue this course okay but i'm also going to do comedy and mm. i'm also going to start comedy uh because i have always wanted to do it and i think this is what i'm i'm not going to be good at this i realized i'm not going to be good at uh mm. at, at you know at being at doing computer science person computer science so i realized i do comedy and i had like two months of uh vacation so i had like april and may that was a good thing about this college they gave like because they realized right like you know once need you have to like so to much of misery, <laughs> they need like two months to not commit suicide. It's just, it's just that dude like they thought
1: about it. So two. Months. And I think it's also like an interesting time to have time off and where you're not happy with something, right? Because I feel that's where the magic happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
0: incredible, dude. It's, it's two months it's just the So uh, two months I realized what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sign up for the mic every week. Okay, Go. so there, were, there was opening, there were the open mics at uh, two cafes, one one cafe. Can Napa. you explain uh, the concept of an open mic? An first? open mic is a venue, um, is, is basically a show where people have not paid for tickets, okay? And uh, so there's no risk, okay? You are allowed to do badly. So it means that new comics are allowed to get on stage. Like people right. are interested in comedy. Can and
1: like nurture the comedy, comic, upcoming comics?
0: Yeah, for them to get used to being on stage, for them to get used to getting laughs, okay? And for them to, just for the main, for the noble, just... Um, the, the noble initiative of them giving a chance to try comedy. Okay, mm. So they can, there have a stage to come and try comedy. And it's for old comics, experienced comics, to come and try new material. Okay, because the low risk. You can do badly over here. Yeah. So you do, a, I, so that's what, that's what an open mic is basically. Okay. I, I signed, and I signed up, I realized I do an open mic every week of these two months vacations. Okay. So I basically, and it was really exciting, too. I was like, the whole, like the whole time was like in my head, shit, that joke is going to, that joke is going to work. So I made note of it. I, made note of it. I make like a set list of jokes that I try for the entire week, hmm. and then go try it on that week. And uh, that two months, I just did horribly, just like, terrible, just worst. Part of comedy was that like the initially, initially when I joined, right when you first start, because you realize that you're not that funny at all.
1: You've been listening to the twenty fourth episode of the Passion People podcast. How do you get through something you dread? You you get through it by remembering where you started. And you get through it by holding on to the good times and holding on to the things that you love. In Rupin's case, college was getting more and more difficult. And the pull towards comedy had already began. So Rupin began focusing on his comedy. Began focusing on what he loves and what he is passionate in. In the way of joining open mics, which are low-risk and high-opportunity places for him to try out stuff. In the process, he was able to sail through college as well as take tangible steps towards achieving his goals or moving forward with his passion. Back to the conversation.
0: After every show, I had this thought that I'm going to get better at this. Like, I can see that I'll do better this. I had, I somehow knew it instinctively. And I just listened to it and I just kept going and yeah, so then you, that's how
1: I got into comedy. So, through open mics. Okay. So, uh, what happens uh, in the uh, life cycle of a comic after open mic? So, first step is the open mic, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Open mic, rejection, 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 <laughs> rejection. rejection. <laughs> then small break, then huge rejection. <laughs> then another small break, then you get like confidence, but then more rejection. <laughs> It's but uh, but actually you go from um, you go from an open mic and if and the thing is comics easily are able to see through like I want to describe uh, like a good comic right a comic is someone who can see through stuff very well you can see how flimsy it is you can see how flimsy the government is you see how flimsy the whole concept of what we define as family is see how flimsy what we define as education is right and likewise with comedians right like comedians are the most judgmental human beings in the world dude like. Like right now, I don't know, but I'm consciously like judging you. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know what, okay, but uh, so so they'll, they'll be able to find out if you're if you're um, serious about comedy, if you're regular enough and if you're improving. And if you're regular enough and if you improve and if you get laughs, right, which is the basics of doing comedy. Hmm. And if you show some sort of discipline and work ethic, then they give you shows. Hmm. Okay, so you can do an unpaid spot. You come and just do 10 minutes at an unpaid show. And uh, so I got, I, I think I got that break after seven months. And that was also like now comics get that break after a year or so. But it's because the scene was fast, uh, far smaller uh, right. in 2014 when I started, so I got that break in. Uh, I think in seven months, and it was a, it was like a very big lineup. Okay, like all the comics at that, that stage are doing like incredible things right now. They're like mm. they're performing in stadiums, they're performing across the world, and so mm. yeah. So I, I did horribly. So now that's what like it just moves on one level of rejection to another level of disappointment okay and then you just get better at handling that level of disappointment and then you learn to master it so the way it works i think is you set milestones for yourself and then you fail at it okay yeah. and then you improve and then you succeed at it so in that way you keep growing so you go from uh, open mic car to um, open spot which is basically a comedian does not get paid there's mm. a 10 minute spot then you go to doing a regular spot like a 15 minute spot for which you get paid by then you figure out the basics of getting a laugh okay and then you uh, then mo- some people go to hosting the show so the host is generally like the um, the third best comic okay so many people don't understand that hosting is actually comedy <laughs> like I have a lot of friends who say because I was I, I still host a lot of shows okay. I still host an incredible amount of shows um, and they say like your hosting no will come when you're performing I said hey <laughs> it took me like three years to get <laughs> here <laughs> because they think a host is just like you know uh, just calling on people on stage, like yeah. an announcer but it's not that good, like you're, you're talking to the crowd, you're getting them to laugh, you're getting them to like break their guard, yeah. okay, let their guard down and then you, you you have your joke should be that good that it does not, uh, that it works right up front and peep to a crowd that has not seen any comedy before this, okay, so uh, then you go from hosting, but I think by the time you host right, a lot, you figure out how to win a cold room, like if the room no one's laughing or if no one's talking, everyone's really silent, right, you learn to somehow break that entire vibe of that room. And then you move to be a to a, a headliner. which is basically a person who does thirty minutes in the show in India. That is okay. In the US, is different, of course. Thirty minutes, and then um, and then I guess you get to, you. There are two types of headliners. So generally, what we follow is one headliner who is really famous, and one headliner who's not that famous but really good. Okay. okay so the headliner who is really list. famous, an upcoming guy. Okay, who's been doing really well but in obscurity. So the headliner who is really famous. Sells the tickets people go back uh, remembering uh, the other guy people come for the show get to know the other guys like oh this guy is really famous We should get we should watch more of his shows try to check him out on youtube so that guy also builds his following so eventually he becomes the guy who sells who's the famous headliner who sells all the tickets and yeah and then you move from you i think at this there's no i mean then you move from uh, doing comedy at small clubs at small venues like like this right to um, to bigger places like theaters to auditoriums to stadiums and then you get to perform across the world and then you do world tours, you do tours and all yeah, it's just and then if you're if you're lucky enough you get to record a special for like, you know, a big network like HBO Amazon. or Amazon Prime, yeah. On Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So this I don't know. Like, it it's basically like a fairly long term
1: process. You there's no imagine. there's no end point. Uh, absolutely. But I guess what I wanted to like, you know, pick your brain on was like how do you Basically what you describe is you set up milestones, you try them, you fail, yeah. you try again, get over the rejection, yeah. get better and move on. Right? Yeah. I, I guess that's also for a, on
0: a broad level life, right? Progress yeah. in life. Yeah. What, what's your framework for handling the rejection and just coming back or you're
1: coming back to that open mind, coming back to that venue, coming back to that stage? Because it's really easy to just say, you know what, this is not something that I'm going to do, but it takes a certain level of perseverance and grit to say no i am not going to give up
0: yeah uh, it's one thing is like even if um, one thing is to know what you're good at all right like if you if like if you like cricket okay and you and you feel like good at cricket okay and you've seen people play cricket and they don't play it as well as you and you feel that you it comes naturally to you to some, at some point and that it has worked in the past right and if you don't uh, work on you know like refining it don't work on uh, building up that skill, right?
1: You're doing like great
0: injustice to yourself because that's the yeah. one thing you know you're good at, and you and you're not like spending. You're not you're not you're not working hard enough to make that like uh, something better, right?
1: You've been listening to the 24th episode of the Passion People podcast. You win a lot more than you lose on the good nights, but there are always good nights and bad nights. This is the same in life as it is in comedy. If we don't do something that you're good at, we are doing great injustice to ourselves. Like th- these are points that I would like to, you know, take a little bit of time to dwell over. Find something that you're good at, work on it. Seems pretty straightforward, right? But it's really unfortunate and strange that we don't really do that, even though it's something that this that is this simple. The second thing. While we are doing something That we think we are good at or while we are honing a skill. We need to think of it as a stone that is on its way to becoming a sculpture. There is a lot of beating to be taken. There is a lot of hardship to be faced. But there is only one way that you are going to reach that stage. You have to go through the pain. You have to go through the hardship. How do you you sustain yourself? How do you make sure that you are sane? How do you make sure that you are moving forward even in the difficult times? The only way that we can move forward in the difficult times is by remembering and having faith in the fact that when it becomes good, the good times are always going to outstrip and outlast the bad times. So it is just a matter of time and effort until that materializes. Back to the conversation. So
0: I think comedy is one thing man, because I tried a lot of other things and I field so badly at it. Okay. like i like I, I like i like every kid over here is at some point wanted to be a star. every kid is want to be a musician and i've tried all this and i realized i'm not good at any of that okay so it's i and i think when i uh, it's i always say like there are bad there are there are bad nights in comedy and there are good nights in comedy right and in those good nights you win much more than you lose and it just feels worth it right like you when when it's a really good show and everyone is gone back really happy and everyone's clapping and everyone's laughing and everyone's really happy right then you realize that, dude, this is what I'm. I created to do, yeah. And even if it takes like, and even if it takes a lot of improvement, even if there are, even if, even though there's been so much of pain behind all of this, and so much of just sleepless nights, and I'm, and the problem in comedy is, when you do really badly, you can't sleep. Okay, like it's just that whole thought of just that nightmare of people just staring at you. And when you do really well, you can't sleep because you're so happy. <laughs> so all the sleepless nights and all of just doing bad shows, right? It's like this is worth it because now I've done a good show. Yeah. So what? So just for that, that sake of knowing that you're good at something and you have the chance to do it, right? That should be like a good enough motivation for you to endure all that bad nights and all those bad, all those hardship. Yeah. And also it's a great thing about, about improving, right? Like uh, like I, I like improving, okay? Like I, I even if it takes a long time, I'll still improve. Like even if I'm still doing comedy and I'm not famous, I'll be really happy with it because I know I'll be improving at some point. And I think uh, one comic from the uh, another comic told me, a senior comic, is um, he said, like, measure yourself by something you're not good at. Okay. Like I told him, like, you know, many times like the great thing about me doing comedy is I know I'm not the like because I do it at lineups which are which a lot of great comics, right? Which comics have done a lot more than me. And I said like it feels really good to not be the smartest guy in the room because there are so many people who are way better than me. Yeah. And I'd like to see I like I like to learn from them like how they work a room. He said, "But there'll be many times when you uh, when you find that you're the best in the room. So find something you're not good at, measure yourself with that, and try to try to try to you know uh, work towards bettering yourself at that one thing you're not good at. So it's just that constant level of improvement." So improve yourself and measure yourself on what you're not good at. Yeah, measure yourself by not what you're not good at. Fantastic. And uh, I guess like if you, you if you don't fail in the same circumstance the second time, right? You've grown a little bit. Yeah. And that's, that's what really matters. That's the only thing that matters. Hmm. So it's good to fail, man, because then, and, but it's it's kind of if you're failing, like again at the same thing, right? You're doing something wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: You're not improving. You've not done something to figure out
1: what is wrong and improve. So I guess uh, try and remember or hold on to the good times because they are always going to be worth it, worth enduring for the bad times. Yeah. And also, uh, their marginal improvements are what get you to like drastically improve over a period yeah. of time yeah just small successes like i remember
0: once i uh when i was doing when i when i just became uh like i got like paid spots right export so i was getting paid for like i had two gigs back to back all right and one was at a cafe which was full house okay and the crowd was there for comedy and I did really well because the first 15 minutes and I got paid very well, okay. I was really, I was like, shit, I'm going to make money from comedy. I'd never at any point realized that I'm going to get money from this. Okay. And I was really happy. Not mainly because of the money part, that also, but, <laughs> but the fact that I did really well at a paid spot, right. I was really happy. And the next day I did for a, I did it at a, at a, at a pub. It's kind of like a pub, pub and cafe, right. And there were five people in the audience and all of them was super quiet. And I went up right, right up front. I did horribly. Like just silence. Like my fifteen minutes set was like five minutes. I did not know what. I had another ten minutes to do, and I said, "Thanks." That's my set. You guys are a lot of fun. It was all lies, nice, okay? Because I did not have any fun. I was like, and I started sweating so much, man. I just like, you know, just broke into a huge sweat, and I felt really bad. And the comedians were watching me, and they—they've given me this expression, like, "Dude, this guy's doing really horrible," and they're feeling sad for me. <laughs> I couldn't sleep an entire night. it's like, oh God, what have I just? Why did I ever do this? Right? Yeah. So, but then I realized that the main reason why I was not good at it is because I did not know how to come to a crowd, which is cold, which is few in number, mm. like with five. Because when you're when you're really, you know, for some reason in comedy, when you're really energetic, right? For a large crowd, it works. Okay, when, when there are people everywhere. Okay, but mm. if it's a crowd of one person or two people, you can't be that energetic. Yeah, you have to bring some sort of a focus. You have to yeah, it, it moves from like a performance to a conversation
1: right. and you
0: must learn to do a set as a conversation and still be funny. Mm. And I realized that the only way I do that is to, to start hosting. So I realized, I, I told myself that I'll become a host. I'll, I'll learn how to do this. i learn how to host. And I came back, in a couple of months, I don't know how, but in this process, somewhere I became a host, okay, I Mm. don't know how, it just happened. I was asked to open for a few comics, and then they moved me on to hosting, Mm. and I was asked to host at the same place, and it went very well. Mm. So, I was like, I've grown a little bit from there. Absolutely, but it's a conscious effort.
1: Yeah. It's it's, always a conscious effort.
0: Yeah, you have to know where you're going. You have to know what's coming next. Absolutely. Because then, like, you'll, you'll know what to achieve before going to that something next, like the small steps, you'll
1: make the small steps in between. Yep. Yeah. I guess we, uh, in general, right. One, uh, I, I personally feel that people are extremely afraid to take even that small risk or that small bet, because we, we don't like that feeling of failing. Yeah, and it takes a little bit of getting used to. But yeah. one, once you have been through it, yeah, I guess it's, then it just becomes a process that's a little bit easier every time we do it. Yeah, but it's also
0: that. Uh, it's also that, but I also really, really, I don't know what, but I feel like, I know man, it's it's, don't you feel like, fail? I, I don't you feel like, I don't know, failure is worse, okay, like fail, failure really sucks, okay? Yeah. rejection yeah. really sucks, okay. okay, but being comfortable and doing nothing is the worst, dude. <laughs> like you don't have any place, like you know, when you, when, I was just talking about it in my show, right? like when you work, you have to show up every day, but yeah. imagine not showing, not having any place to show up to, yep, that's not a happy thing at all, that's, purposeless, yeah, like you're, I, I still, to this day, don't understand, this is going to sound very judgmental, but I still don't understand the point of people binge-watching shows. I can't, because I, I cannot do it. Like, after some time, you know, after like two hours of binge-watching, I don't know if it's my, it's my dad's voice in my head, is like, what are you doing with your life? It's, it's that feeling like, shit, I'm really yes, comfortable. Absolutely. absolutely. And so,
1: I think everyone should really feel comfort. Yeah, and I, the magic is where, the when you're outside of your comfort zone. So. Yeah. When you're failing, <laughs> when you're failing, absolutely. And like, uh, just uh, to touch upon the point about the shows, I don't remember the last time I watched a show. I've missed the entire seventh season of Game of Thrones. Ha, huh. ha. Huh. And and it's exactly that, right? Because you, you, we are busy mm. pursuing passions. mm Hmm. And. But not to say that you know watching Game of Thrones on a TV show is a bad thing. No, but I, I guess, yeah. uh, but it, it's just a characteristic of someone who's busy, who's productive. And you, this is not the only thing that you do. You have to also tell us what you, how your typical day goes like, right? You I have a good. job. Yeah. You have a full-time job. You know. Yeah. So how 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 does your typical day look?
0: I will. Mean, but I also want to say one thing. This comfort, like even if you watch Game of Thrones, like, doesn't it feel really nice to uh, watch like something or enjoy something after you worked really hard? Absolutely. And that, that's the reason
1: I hear a disclaimer that, you know, it's not that I'm against watching shows, but it's just that the amount of time that people spend vis-a-vis where yeah. it can be spent is maybe one, uh, you know, slight point. I yeah,
0: like, like,
1: there's no use for an unemployed person to take a vacation. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, um, you, sorry, you asked uh, <laughs> what I, uh, how am I usually, so I do have a job as well. Uh, I do have a job, which is uh, a good job for the fact that it allows me to do comedy absolutely okay. and my bosses have I been mean, very gracious about it and um, they, they said that you, could, you can still do comedy like i was very i was very worried about this because uh, when you when you start comedy right or when you start anything which is an alternate profession you can't dive into it right away like full time okay because that's some people do that because they realize that motivates them to keep working and they have to work harder but uh, i also have a financial commitments. i didn't want to you know like use my parents money i wanted to make my own money why doing this uh, so what uh that, which is why i took this job and and the thing is comedy luckily happens only in the night okay it happens only entirely in the night mm. late evenings night and it happens on the weekends so if you're traveling the 90 percent you're traveling on the weekends so we had to do a show in chennai it's on the weekend so i can easily do the show take take the train or take the bus or take a flight if my producer is rich and um, come to come come to work directly all right so so um so the, the, my usual day starts off. I um I, I wake up at what, I wake up fairly late. My I wake up at eight o'clock. Or eight, uh, eight o'clock, and I and then I realize it's too late for me to go to work. But I somehow had to go to work because <laughs> I don't want to be broke. So I I finish eight hours of work. I clock in eight hours of work, and um, I, I leave and I go to an open mic. If I if I'm not too tired, like okay. if I'm not done a show the previous night, okay. So uh, I I go and do an open mic. Uh, finish the open my camera. At about 12 o'clock, sleep at about 1, okay, and uh, so that's basically on the, and, and then, then my shows are on the weekend, so it's not, it's not much of thing, it's basically a lot of travel, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the most uninteresting day, no, I just thought about it while saying it, it's just like, uh, wake up, travel, work 8 hours,
1: go and do open my come back and sleep, <laughs> but th- see, the reason that I'm asking you the question is yeah. because I want, uh, I want awareness to spread about the purposefulness with which actions are taken. Right. Right. I need to earn money, so I'm working. Yeah. I need to follow my passion, so I'm going to the open mic. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, very purposeful effort. It's, and by no yeah. means, it is easy.
0: Yeah. And it's also possible for your job not to be the main priority in your life.
1: Absolutely. Like, it's
0: also possible. Like, like I, I can easily say this, uh, my job is important to me, but it does not make me the happiest. And... Uh, and I think so. It's very important to do what makes you happy, but also one for the kitchen, one for the soul, right? So and and so that's the main thing. And, and the other thing is with doing uh, with doing with having a job, right? Uh, I get to say no to a lot of shows which I don't want to, and because I because I don't I'm not entirely dependent on this. I don't want to just do it only for money, right? Yeah. So I get to say no to a few shows. Like if there's now if there's a if there are a few shows where like oh my god I have to go to this place which is not even Bangalore and do this show with comedians who are just started comedy, okay, and the payment is really bad and they're not paying for my travel. If I was not, if I was not working, I would have taken it because I will really need the money, right? Yeah. But now I can say no to it. I, I No, I don't really need to do it and i still get shows. So, I, I, I'm very happy with what I am, but I, eventually I'll have to make a switch at some point. Absolutely. Right? And it will come at some point.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I guess that's where uh, the benefit of having like a good war chest or a good, financial backup which in in our cases are our jobs right and it also helps us pursue our passion better yeah yeah because you're you're not you're not that so-called you know running behind each gig to gig and you also have that additional level of discretion yeah
0: but also i think um uh, i i think when i started out uh, one of my senior comics told me this advice um he said never dive into the deep end right away go to the shallow end okay and then work your way up to the deep end so if you're not making money from comedy at all don't get into it full time, because then you'll then you'll start doing it for the money, and you'll get disinterested in it, and you'll be like, "This is an unfair business; they're not paying me on time, right?" And your quality of life just reduces, and then you just hate your life more, right? Don't. I think a lot of people, like comics, especially, just kill themselves. Just like I need to do this really badly. Right? They forget to believe that there's life outside this also. And you need to be comfortable. You need to be happy as a person. Yeah. Right. And you need to be live comfortably, fairly comfortably. Right. Like you must have the basics, like three meals. <laughs> <laughs> or just like a decent place to stay right and so just doing just doing this job right it now i make money from comedy as well mm. so eventually when it comes to a point where i make the same amount of money i don't want to be too greedy i don't make more money from uh my from comedy than my job but i make the same amount of money from comedy regularly right for a fairly fairly regular period of time then I'll be comfortable to make the switch because at least yeah. like, uh, I, I don't mind getting paid the same amount of money as getting paid to my job while I'm doing something I like that. Doesn't, that's not a bad thing at all. Absolutely. So just move into it gradually and it takes time. dude. Yeah. Things take time, which all of us need to just make peace. Even I have a problem, I, like, I've been doing it for three years, but well, I've just doing it for three years. So three years is not a long period of time at all.
1: Yeah.
0: We live in an age of instant gratification. Yeah, because when we see... Yeah, when you see like a, a download bar take like ten minutes, you're like shit, this internet is really slow.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that that's what we were talking about, the whole having a long term perspective on things is just so much better for our life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What would you rather like what, what would you be rather happy that it took long time and you became great at something? Or would you be chasing yourself to saying I need to achieve things fast and then be really mediocre? Need to ask everyone needs to ask themselves that question. Yeah, like I, I don't mind comedy
1: taking even fifteen years.
0: I'll still be very happy doing comedy, right? But I, at the end of it, I want to be better than what I am
1: right now. So that's... absolutely, I think a lot of extremely tangible and uh, you know worldly advice uh, that you've shared and, yeah. and your story is also something that's super interesting. Yeah, man, I
0: think you should not introduce me as a comedian, introduce me as a motivational guru.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But if there are, uh, you know, uh, if there are people who want to get into comedy scene or people who want to pursue uh, a passion along with a job, what what kind of advice would you? A passion along with a job, right? Yeah. Uh, first of
0: all, what is your priority? Is it is it, is it a job or is it your passion? Uh, those are two different things. Like uh, the reason why I do my job is not because I'm passionate about it, but because uh, I want to live comfortably, and that makes me a little happy, and yeah. it gives me the freedom to pursue my passion. Um, so the, the main thing is there's nothing there's nothing immoral about doing a job with your passion when you're first starting out. Um, you don't have so that is one thing. But the, also the main thing is uh, you have to have, you have to realize what you're good at, and you must you must focus your energy on that. Uh, like if it, if comedy is your main thing or if uh, dance is your main thing or music is your main thing then you must make sure that you're uh, you're doing justice to yourself and improving yourself uh, to a level where uh, to just just overcoming milestones which you've set in your mind uh, that is the only that is the only thing I would say and also and also like people who have like jobs and passion like tend to be a little harsh on them themselves because I know I'm that person yeah as like you don't sleep at all and when you don't not time to spend with your friends and you don't have but that's very important because if you're not happy then you, I don't think because when I've been trying to teach myself it's just to be happy and just to get enough rest and just to meet my friends and all that. Yeah. Thing, and Self-care. Yeah. Don't beat yourself to death. This like shit you had to get better. This passion. This passion. Yeah. This passion. It's ba- like, dude if, you're, if chasing a passion is going to make you unhappy then why are you chasing it? Yeah. Be gentle. If you're, gentle with yeah, gentle. If you're going to tire yourself right and yeah. stress yourself over it like, I was doing this to myself a lot. I do this to myself a lot, okay? I, I was telling my friend this, like, I, every time it's a good show and I listen to my recording, I realize, God, that was such a horrible show. And every time it's a bad show and I listen to the recording, like, that's a... It's still a bad show. It's a worse show than I thought it was, right? So, if you're so harsh on yourself, like, it's good to improve yourself, but... Yeah. You must try, I don't know, every, I think it takes time, but try to find a
1: way to improve yourself without beating yourself to death. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, I guess it's... Just being gentle with yourself, setting yourself up for success and looking at it from a long-term perspective rather than saying that, you know, by tomorrow, tomorrow (laughs) I need to be the best guy doing this on the planet, right? Yeah. So how accessible are you in case like, you know, if uh, our listeners want to like reach out to you and drop you a note or a Facebook message? Oh yeah, you can, uh, you can contact me on Facebook. Uh, my Facebook page is called
0: uh, Rupin Paul. <laughs> but I'll also share the links on the podcast. Yes, now. it's called Rupin Paul. I think it's called that. Rup- this Rupin Paul guy. Uh, this Rupin Paul guy. And uh, yeah, so you can send leave me a message on Facebook. And especially like anyone who's interested in comedy right, to ask me for advice, I, I almost immediately will reply because I love talking about comedy. I love, love discussing it, it, comedy. It's
1: evident.
0: Yeah, I love yeah. discussing it. Like, like I don't know why I I tell I think. I tell it to people are not interested in comedy. Like my mom not interested in comedy at all. I didn't tell her about that. Tell my dad about comedy. And I think my dad is also a speaker. Okay. So even he'll give me his advice. Like he's like, try some new material. Don't say shit. Use some other word. Yeah, but it's yeah definitely. So any any conversation about comedy, you can definitely hit me up on Twitter or on uh, or
1: on Facebook.
0: Very very happy to talk and talk to you about it.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people will find that really helpful. Uh, So how do you deal with your, uh, uh, what's your framework for uh, you know, making decisions, handling your fear? That's a very tough question man, like
0: handling your fear is basically just pushing yourself out of a place where you're not comfortable with, right? Mm -hmm. So like for example, I'm still not comfortable, you know, performing outside Bangalore. I feel these people don't know me, they're not going to like me, plus I'm not famous. So what business have I to come to your city? And give my comedy to you, right? But the only way you do it is by doing it. (laughs) The only way you overcome that fear is by doing it, right? So, uh, it's just that, man. It's just... uh, Like, for example, I was always at one point, you know... There there are rich crowds and there are poor crowds, okay? In comedy. Like, there are some people who... Like, you know, we're doing the show, there are beanbags over here. People are sitting on beanbags and watching the show. So, I, I can relate to these people because... These people are dressed up like how I'm dressed up. These people look like, more or less like what I look like. And they have a, roughly the same economic background. Uh, but if, like, if there are people who are really rich, right? Like really rich. Like they're wearing clothes which are designer, designer clothes. And they're, like really, they're drinking like only really expensive alcohol. right? And they're all wearing blazers. First of all I hate anyone in a blazer. Position. As soon as someone is at a blazer, it's just like shit man, this person thinks that he's a lit If he up better, then I'm better than all of you guys. Right? So I have that. So as soon as you see I I like the only way to like I was always afraid of performing in front of like extremely rich crowds because people are not gonna understand. And initially when I was talking about when I started stand-up, I was only talking about being middle class. That was like my entire set. Okay, it was just middle class, middle class, middle class. Okay, so I was afraid these people are not gonna understand my problems. They are not gonna know what it's like to be poor, right? So the only way to do it is to just do it in a way that's do it in a way and do it and make sure that they make make sure you sell it to them. Hmm.
1: And that's
0: make the only it way you can. Yeah, the, that's the only thing, man. But I think all my decisions are based on the fact like what 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 do I want right now, which I'm not getting. Okay, like if I'm if I'm doing a, like I, this is my fourth uh, attempt at doing my fourth <laughs> fourth attempt at doing a solo show, right? Like in this last uh, two months, and like all of these crowds have been like very small and and uh, have been like you know people have not. Very, very, fairly small crowds, right? Mm. If, if I put up like 100 tickets, I'll be honest with you, I've sold out like 20 tickets, right? So 80 people have not come. Mm. So I'll sit and analyze, like, what am I doing wrong? I'll sit and talk with another senior comic about this, and he'll probably tell me. Um, and it's very good to, very that's a great thing with comedy, you have great mentors who yeah. talk to you all the time, right? And they'll give you advice. I, really, I think everyone has that in them uh, to, you know, sit with Pay another person person who's junior to them and help them, right? and comics give great advice and uh, and they'll be probably tell me something which i have to work on and i'll work towards it so it's basically what i started this podcast with like measuring yourself by something you're not good at and finding out a way to become better at it yeah yeah that's the
1: only thing Brilliant. Brilliant. i think uh, uh, the whole right from the fact that open concept like an open mic exists yeah to the fact that you know uh, comics get mentorship from senior comics i think the whole yeah. the ecosystem is something that's extremely nice and Again, that venturing, uh, right, like, uh, it's only, like,
0: <laughs> like if you, if you, like, if there's a junior comic who's really bad on stage, right, and it's really, not, not as bad, like, his jokes about his attitude is bad, like, you audience, you guys are a horrible audience, no, your jokes were horrible, like, you're just one week into comedy, you don't know how to write a good joke, and if he comes and asks you for advice, right, I will not give him advice, I, because I know that it's not genuine about it,
1: yeah,
0: and I would just say, your set was good, you going to improve on it, I'll never tell him what, genuine feedback,
1: yeah, Because it's the same thing that they look for in you, right? It's consistency, is he improving, is yeah. he turning up or making an effort on a, on a regular basis? And dude, know you you can't
0: fool someone into them believing that you're sincere. Like, sincerity is very on the face. Like, I know that, every I think every human being to some extent knows if your person is sincere or not. Like, sincerity can't be faked.
1: Yeah.
0: Because eventually you'll, you'll know that
1: this person is not sincere about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic, and uh, so while uh, almost concluding the show, right? Uh, how do you stay on uh, top of your game? Uh, do you have like a routine, or, or do you watch game of thrones to de stress and do you know just oh, chill to, out? To de
0: stress, I, <laughs> uh, I I I honestly have a very like what I do with my free time. I don't have a proper answer to it, right? It's, <laughs> it's very it's all sorts of things, but uh, yeah, I uh, a couple of things which I do. I I read. I, I try to read um, as much as I can. Okay. Any book recommendations? Very important book recommendation to anyone who wants to do something with their life. Okay. Like, <laughs> so basically like, to everyone. <laughs> no no a lot of anything. Like basically if you're just not you don't have like an like something which is really hard which you're pursuing, right? Yeah. If you if you have something which is really hard that you're pursuing and you you have something that you believe and you're good at and you're pursuing, read this uh, read uh, open by Andre Agassi. It's his biography. So, basically, to summarize it, he he says that he's great at tennis, but he hates tennis. Tennis is the worst game in the world. He hates tennis. But he says that's the only thing I'm good at. So, it's a dilemma. How do you do do something which you're good at, which you hate? Yeah. So, he's just talking about that one dilemma for this entire book, and it's amazing. I think... I don't know. I uh, even if you're a CA man, like it's it's very similar to being a CA <laughs> because you just fail all the time, and then you realize there are people who are not as good as you getting through the exam. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and he just talks to just pushing yourself. Yeah. So uh, and the and so uh they are, they are, so basically is reading. Uh, I play a little bit of guitar just to de-stress. Okay. I'm not good at it. It's just just something I'm learning for the last eight years. <laughs> <laughs> No, because initially I I thought I'm going to become like one musician, all right. And then a lot of people said, like, dude, you don't look like a musician. I, so
1: what does that even
0: mean? I don't know, man. It's very bad. <laughs> and I only like, and I didn't like uh, all these. I only like metal, okay. So they said, dude, you don't look like a person who likes metal. <laughs> And needless to say I was horrible at it okay I was like really horrible and I and I've done bad shows and, and done bad performances everywhere like I thought next performance like maybe after five years will be better it was worse
1: okay? I
0: so, so that... yeah but... so now I still try but I, I still play like uh, like I still play guitar and I still play I, I don't I don't play with anyone okay because I, I only I want to know how bad I am <laughs> and I'm really horrible at it like this is how bad I was like uh, like, when I play, right, like, when, I, when I'm playing a song, people start talking in between. <laughs> because my mom, my mom really likes me playing. She's like, um, you know, because I'm the, I'm the only one who knows to play something in my house. Okay? Yeah. And uh, she says, play for this uncle, play for this auntie, you know, and when I start playing, they start talking about their stories, dude. <laughs> 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 God, yeah, so it's just to de-stress and, yeah, but now I think I have to build like a proper routine, man, like, I, I still don't, I, I still am trying to find out a better way to de-stress. I think i don't do that well yeah got it
1: and uh, finally uh, how do you feel about uh, being featured on the podcast talking about comedy uh, any discussion about comedy is like on very nice thing
0: for me because it's like i feel but like once i feel like a expert dude. <laughs> like once in my life like because i think i've seen i've seen a little bit of disappointments okay not 3 years of disappointments right i, I feel like uh, i i feel i know something they are definitely. I think I'm definitely, and it's, it's nice to have like a conversation because that's why I like podcasts in comparison to, I think I was telling you this, right, like an interview, yeah. like we notice interviews are always like the, this one power structure in the interview which is very warped, okay, like the host is like one scheduled cast, <laughs> okay, he is not important at all, his only work in life is to say yes. Okay, his only work is say, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah you, your opinions are amazing. It's fabulous, man. I should, your opinions are amazing. And the guest thinks he's very important. The guest, is like, I don't know, the guest is like, my opinions are amazing. You should hear all of these and I'll give you opinions which I've not asked for. So, I, I think... I hope, even this I think sounds very one-sided. I don't know, now I'm getting that guilty <laughs> feeling. <It's> like... <laughs> no,
1: don't, don't, it's no, it's, it's, it's been a fantastic conversation. <laughs> We've had a lot of takeaways. You've been an excellent uh, guest and uh, I'm wishing you all the best. And I'm sure we'll see a lot more of you in the coming days. Thank uh, you. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. And all the Game of
0: Thrones people who I told, like, I hate binge-watchers, they're actually might be good people also. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yes, <laughs> with that disclosure. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the 24th episode of the Passion People Podcast. We were in conversation with the funster, Rupan Paul, who is an upcoming stand-up comic. His story has takeaways for people, whether or not they're pursuing comedy. My favorite parts of the episode included the fact that failure really sucks, but being comfortable and doing nothing is worse. Setting a framework to succeed in terms of having a milestone, trying, failing, retrying, failing, and being persistent enough to keep doing that until we finally smell success. Rupin's story is also of someone whose job is enabling their passion. While he was not really keen on completing his master's or college education, comedy was Something that helped him sustain through the difficult times. Now, the college degree has helped him get a full-time job due to which he is able to pursue his passion more meaningfully. He doesn't need to worry about picking up or taking every job or gig that comes his way. He already has his financial freedom sorted and this gives him a leverage that most others do not possess. This also allows him the opportunity to take time, to be patient and to hone his skill at his own pace. And I think these are extremely important perspectives to have when we are taking the leap or going full time. Or like one of the senior comics had advised Rupin, to not dive into the deep end right away and make a mess of our lifestyle. The other thing that I really liked was the mentorship aspect in comedy where senior comics are always available to people who are committed, who are disciplined, who are making progress, but available nonetheless. And also the whole concept or the ecosystem of an open mic, how receptive uh, the current population is to comedy. I hope you found this conversation meaningful. And worthy of your time spent. Thanks again for tuning in. For these and similar conversations around coffee, moving to India from the US, becoming an artist, a writer, traveling the world, or even starting up your own adventure firm while being a lawyer, tune in to the rest of the episodes of the Passion People Podcast. This is your host Naga. Have a wonderful day.